On March the 25th, as Japan commissioned its largest warship since World War II, I could not help remembering one particular the day of the carrier is over warning. Now, I've read many of these over the years. This particular one came from an article in Proceedings, the magazine of the United States Naval Institute. Quote, more than two decades into the Missile Age, a new breed of weapons has emerged that will greatly change the way we fight. Just as technology caused the battleship to be eclipsed by the aircraft carrier, soon the aircraft carrier will be eclipsed by the missile carrier. This is not to say the aircraft carrier will not exist in the future, but it won't retain the central position in power projection that it holds today. The reason the aircraft carrier rose to predominance over the battleship was the ability of the carrier air wing to effectively deliver force at far greater distances. While the battleship could generate much more firepower by a factor of ten, in a short period of time its effective range was too short compared with the airplane. A plane could find and deliver firepower at greater distances because the pilot on board could navigate accurately. Today, a new generation of weapons is coming online that removes the need for the pilot to execute the tasks that make the airplane an effective force projection platform. Unquote. Now, we'll come back to that warning later. But it quickly became, if not outdated, then at least questionable as a flurry of new carrier developments took place in Asia. Having towed an empty Russian Kuznetsov-class carrier hull all the way across the world from the Ukraine, China eventually relaunched it as the carrier Liaoning. South Korea launched its first of several planned helicopter carriers, the Dokdo. Having previously relied on carriers made in Britain or in Russia, India launched its first homemade carrier, the Vikrant. The media too often reported that India has joined the four nations which are currently able to build aircraft carriers, the United States, Britain, France and Russia. Now, leave aside that this list omitted Spain and Italy, both of which have small light carriers in their navies. What was so striking was the omission of Japan, one of the earliest nations to operationally develop the use of its own aircraft carriers with which to deliver force at far greater distances. Was it forgotten that Akagi and Kaga, Soryu and Hiryu, traversed the wide expanses of the Pacific Ocean in secret to mount the surprise attack on the US fleet in Pearl Harbor? In its early days, the Japanese Navy did initially buy some of its battleships and cruisers from Great Britain. But the carriers it used to launch World War II were emphatically made in Japan. A reminder of Japan's continuing carrier-creating capacity came in August 2013, as Japan illustrated that its pre-war skills had not disappeared with defeat through the launching of its third post-war helicopter-carrying destroyer in Yokohama. This was the Izumo, which has just been commissioned, with its expansive 250 metres long flight deck, seen as the largest Japanese warship launched since 1945. 
extolled the London economist. If it's as big as an aircraft carrier, looks like an aircraft carrier, the chances are that it is an aircraft carrier and can be readily turned into one. But what was generally missed was that the Izumo was the third, not the first, in a new class of Japanese carriers or helicopter-carrying destroyers to give them their official name. As if to emphasise this point, in June 2013, a US Marine's fixed-wing tilt-rotor Osprey aircraft landed on the flight deck of the first new carrier, the JDS Hayuga during a U.S.-Japan joint exercise off San Diego. The twin-engined Osprey flies like an aircraft, but lands like a helicopter as its engines tilt upwards. Two squadrons of Ospreys are now deployed at U.S. bases on Okinawa. The Japanese government is considering buying these aircraft to add to its helicopter carriers. The first carrier, JDS Hayuga, was launched in 2007 and commissioned in 2009. Its sister ship, JDS Ise, was launched in 2009 and commissioned in 2011. Both look more like carriers than destroyers, since with the bridge and control tower set to one side, both have a large flight deck capable of simultaneously deploying five helicopters. The Hayuga is 19,000 tonnes fully loaded and is slightly larger than Issei. The choice of names for these two carriers is very interesting. In the old Japanese Navy, Hayuga and Issei were two 30,000 tonne battleships built and launched in Japan as the First World War was ending. Both were remodelled after the crucial 1942 Battle of Midway when American carrier planes sank four Japanese carriers, and finally convinced the Imperial Navy's admirals that the day of the battleship was ending. Their original changed intention then was to convert the two battleships into being carriers. Due to time constraints in the Second World War, Hayuga and Issei instead became so-called hermaphrodite battleships, as only four of their 14-inch guns were removed from the stern, where the deck was flattened and a small flight deck created, overlaid with concrete, so that light planes could take off, though not land. It was a dubious experiment. Both warships were damaged by air attacks and both ran aground late in 1945. They were raised and scrapped in 1947. The latest helicopter destroyers have been produced almost like clockwork on a very tight schedule. The Izumo was laid down in January 2012, launched in 2013 and has now been commissioned in 2015. A second, as yet to be named Izumo-class carrier, was laid down in 2013, will be launched this coming August, and will probably be commissioned in 2016 or early 2017. All the Hayuga-class and Izumo-class carriers are capable of speeds in excess of 30 knots. The big difference between the 19,000-ton Hayugas and the Izumo is in size. The Izumo is 69 metres longer, 5 metres broader and 8,000 tonnes heavier, weighing 27,000 tonnes when fully loaded. But why give this third carrier the name Izumo? 
The somewhat cosmopolitan history of a three-stack armoured cruiser named Izumo is also a very fascinating story. Chinese officials recall that the cruiser Izumo was the Japanese naval flagship when Japan invaded China in 1937, but there was much more to the old Izumo than that. Izumo was evidently the old name of a former Japanese province which roughly corresponds to Shimane Prefecture today. The first Izumo was one of the six cruisers and six battleships ordered and bought from foreign, mainly British, shipyards by the Japanese after the conclusion of the First Sino-Japanese War. It has been reported that these ships were all bought with reparations Japan gained from the war from China, but I have been unable to confirm that. The Izumo was one of four cruisers built by the Armstrong Whitworth shipyard at Newcastle-on-Tyne in northern England. Izumo was 132 metres long, 21 metres wide, weighed in at a little short of 10,000 tonnes and was capable of 21 knots speed and its heaviest armament came from gun turrets containing four pairs of 8-inch guns. Amazingly, Izumo was laid down in May 1898 and finished in September 1898, and then finally completed in September 1900. Izumo was part of the Japanese cruiser squadron, which defeated the Russian squadron at the Battle of Ulsan in 1904, and Izumo also served in the front line during the 1905 naval battle of Tsushima in which the Japanese defeated the Russian navy. In 1909, Izumo represented Japan at the 140th anniversary of the founding of San Francisco. In late 1913, Izumo partnered a German cruiser off the coast of Mexico as Japanese and German citizens fled the Mexican Revolution. But when World War I broke out in 1914, Izumo contrarily served with a Royal Navy battle group seeking to protect the Eastern Pacific and the Panama Canal from German raiders. Later in the war, Izumo led a Japanese destroyer squadron which supported the Anglo-Japanese alliance by escorting convoys in the Mediterranean. Amazingly, at the end of the First World War, the Izumo turned up at Scarpa Flow, the Royal Navy base in northernmost Scotland, to assist the post-war surrender of the German high seas fleet to the British and then to collect seven German U-boat submarines as Japan's agreed post-war booty and to transport them back to Japan. After the 1920 Washington Naval Conference and the subsequent disarmament treaty, which Japan signed, Izumo was downgraded and effectively became a training ship for much of its later life. But in 1937 it did become the flagship of the Japan Navy's third fleet headquartered in Shanghai. And it was in Shanghai in 1941 that the cruiser Izumo secured a little niche in history. By my reckoning, it did this a mere two hours after the Japanese began their surprise attack on Pearl Harbor on the other side of the Pacific. In the first combat action of the war in East Asia, Izumo opened fire on the U.S. Navy gunboat USS Wake and forced it to surrender. When the crew of a Royal Navy gunboat, HMS Petterell, refused to surrender, Izumo shelled the ship and sank it.
the allies of World War I had become the enemies of World War II. Later, having been refitted with anti-aircraft guns and classified again as a first-class cruiser, Izumo effectively became a training ship and spent the rest of the war in the inland sea. Izumo was sunk at dockside by U.S. carrier planes in the last days of the war. It was raised and scrapped in 1947. I've summarised the story of the first Izuma because it is interesting and also because one question bothers me. Knowing the history of the first Izumo as they must do, why bestow the name on the sleek modern helicopter and potentially aircraft carrier? Why, for that matter, resurrect the names Hayuga and Issei? The only answer I can come up with is that the Japanese Navy feels it should name its helicopter destroyers Hayuga, Issei and Izumo in order to bestow the modernity that was denied those three ships in their previous incarnation. But that's an explanation that assumes a degree of sentimentality that admirals are assumed to lack. So are carriers on the way out? Go to YouTube and type in Carrier Testing X-47C. I'll repeat that. Carrier Testing X-47C. You will then see a video of the sophisticated drones now being tested on carriers. When they are deployed, even helicopter carriers will no longer be lacking either in lethality or in power projection. Pilotless air combat systems are still in their infancy. The X-47C is still experimental. More deployable drones are being developed. The shape and potential of modernity is fast changing. This time it could well be that the Hayuga, the Issei and the Izumo will not be left behind by the advance of modern technology.